KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. This is a special six-part series called Dr. J's. I'm KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser. Yesterday in this series, I told you about a gang shooting gone wrong. Two innocent women on their way home from church were shot outside Dr. J's liquor in Lincoln Park. I told you about how it impacted the victims' families and the family of James Carter, the man convicted of the murder. I've talked to James Carter several times on a cell phone. He says he's borrowing from a friend. I'm not sure if that's actually true. Cell phones aren't allowed in prison. Because he's calling on a cell phone, the audio quality is pretty terrible. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? No, you. Did you want to ask me some questions or you just want me to tell what happened? The first few times we talked, it seemed like no matter what I asked, Carter would just end up repeating the same thing, that there was no evidence against him. There's no evidence. There's no fingerprints, eyewitnesses, no car, no gun, no nothing. So what is the evidence against him? Right here, I wish I could let you hear from Robert Hickey, the prosecutor on the case, but the district attorney's office wouldn't let me interview him. Instead, I can have a colleague read some of his statements from the trial transcripts. There wasn't much physical evidence against James Carter. Robert Hickey says this himself in his closing argument to the jury. As I've told you before, don't expect. There will be no DNA in a drive-by shooting. Rarely fingerprints. Hickey also doesn't have many strong eyewitnesses. He has a few people who were at the Dr. J's store testify that they maybe saw someone in the car with long hair, which Carter has. Only one says definitively the shooter with the AK-47 had long hair. Long enough to get whistled at, he says. So what does Hickey have? Well, he has one thing many prosecutors have when trying people from Southeast San Diego, especially young black men. He can link James Carter to a gang and then use that link to establish a motive. Here's what Hickey says during the trial. What you have are the gang members who learn about the crime. It's not a perfect crime to commit a gang drive-by shooting because, as I've said before, a gang crime committed anonymously is committed in vain. You need to get your status and credit for committing the shooting so you can get your respect as a violent and notorious gang member and to check that box for revenge. Hickey also has an additional piece of a motive. One of James Carter's good friends had been killed by the rival Lincoln Park gang the day before. For Hickey, it's pretty easy to link Carter to a gang. At the trial, he has police from the gang unit talk about how Carter was a documented gang member and that they found letters and rap lyrics in his room that say he was in a gang. Hickey also asks almost every witness about Carter's tattoos. He has several that say things like BK and NFL, which stand for blood killer and a couple bad words about Linkin Park. 
That could be in part to make sure there's no question what the tattoos mean, that it's not just police saying these are gang-related, but people who live in the area are saying it as well. But it also reminds the jury again and again that Carter was in a gang. And sometimes that's the point. And then moving down the hall, Tim Atkins, as I said, is a, was 23 years in prison for a, a gang shooting that occurred in L.A. Michael Simanchik walks down a hallway filled with photos. He's the managing attorney for the California Innocence Project and is showing off cases where clients have been exonerated. Wendy Cohen actually was one of the students assigned to his case, and she found a, uh, one of the witnesses that claimed that Tim had done the crime. She found uh, the witness and got her to come in and tell the truth, which was that Tim uh, didn't have anything to do with the murder. This is the outcome James Carter dreams of, but it's unclear whether the California Innocence Project will take his case. They won't confirm they're looking into a case until they're sure they can represent the client and have a good shot of exonerating him or her. Although Michael Simanchek isn't representing James Carter, he talked generally about the strategy prosecutors use to link people to gangs. It doesn't take much to connect a person to a gang. If a, a suspect or a, a defendant is seen with a few uh, known gang members and is photographed with known, known gang members three or four times on like a street corner in, in gang territory, that might be enough to make the argument that that individual is an associate of the gang. Simanchik says associating someone with a gang makes a strong impression on the jury. An expert or a gang expert would get up at, at trial and testify about all of the bad things that the gang has done. So then what ends up happening is the jury makes that, that leap. They think, oh, well, even if the evidence isn't super strong in this case, the, the defendant is connected to this gang and this gang has, has committed all of these other crimes. So if he hasn't done this one, he's probably done another crime at some point. So we, we can feel comfortable with our conviction here. So in Carter's case, did the prosecutor use this strategy of associating Carter with a gang to make the jury feel more comfortable convicting him? Again, I wanted to ask Hickey about this, but wasn't allowed to talk to him. In the trial, Hickey has several informants testify about the shooting. Tomorrow, we'll talk more about police use of informants and the impact that has on a community. This series was reported and hosted by me, Claire Tregesser. It was edited by Tom Fudge and Suzanne Marmion. Video and audio recordings were done by Nick McVicker and me. Additional audio mixing and sound design was done by Emily Jankowski. Our podcast coordinator is Kinsey Moreland. Web producers are Elma Gonzalez and Chris Underwood. Check out our website at kpbs.org j for photos and videos and to listen to episodes you might have missed.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.